0: Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, how are you today?
1: I'm doing well, Sean. Um, Hanging in there almost through another week.
0: Almost. And uh, we have a mailbag episode coming up on the next edition of the podcast. And I I tweeted out the mailbag uh, tweet today and Derek, it might end up being our biggest mailbag that we've had because I already have five questions in my DMs, and I saw that we had sixteen replies.
1: Sixteen? I'm just not going. I'm going to retweet that. I forgot that you posted that, and I'm going to look at it.
0: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be a busy mailbag episode. <laughs> Maybe
1: people got an argument in your
0: replies. Maybe. Uh, but
1: well, that's a lot to look at them.
0: Yeah, there's there's a lot in there. There were a lot of questions, some good questions too. And I mean, it's still, I mean, we're recording here. It's 9:28 Eastern time, so there's still tomorrow uh, for people to add questions. But it's going to be a big mailbag. But Derek, you and I want to get on here two-hour episode. Yeah, you and I want to get on here tonight. And there's there's not been a lot. It's it's been it's been quiet the last couple of days. Obviously, uh, you know, with the basketball team struggles and stuff kind of got to the point where it is what it is you know some stuff uh, we'll dive into tomorrow if some stuff breaks or something like that happens but we're we're going to talk about something that we talked about a couple of weeks ago and it's it's about Reed Shepard and it's a story that Pat Forty wrote uh, about the North Oral sophomore obviously everybody by now knows who Reed Shepard is it's the son of Jeff Shepard and Stacy Stacy Shepard so it's going to be it's a legacy recruit uh, if Kentucky decides to pursue him uh Derek a very well written story by Pat uh for SI uh, you sent the link to me this morning I had already read it but I went back and read it a second time and it's it it's a very very good story not just about Reed it's a good story too an exposure for a part of the state where we're from 606 area
1: yeah i mean i know uh i think it was the a London paper actually that had when well, they wrote the game story from the game that Pat attended, I think Pat was like in the lead of that story. So it was a big deal um, for that community to have a guy from, you know, national publication go to North Laurel. And, you know, he, he wrote the story that I, that I think is the story, if that makes sense. Like he, I don't know how it was framed for him whenever he was going to go down there and do that story, but it, it, Reed does come at a time that, you know, if there's one-and-done fatigue, like John Clay was quoted as saying, which I, I agree, there is one-and-done fatigue from a lot of the fan base. You know, Reed's that guy who's going to be viewed as as um maybe a stopgap, you could say, or, or uh, you know, a recruit that's not been around, I guess, this is probably more so because they have not recruited. Shoot, who was the last legacy that played here? Basketball? Ooh. Yeah,
0: basketball, I don't even know. As far as, like, actual recruiting not a walk-on? Uh,
1: yeah, who was, like, a big deal out of high school. I, I can't even think of anybody.
0: No, maybe the fans can help us out with that one. That's You see it more in football than you do. Well,
1: I hope there's nobody obvious that I'm not remembering, because I <laughs> I think it's been a long time since there's been anyone. Uh, well, I, mean, I can, name, I
0: mean, I can like, name walk-ons, like, you know, Lanner, you know, Todd Lanner, Bo Lanner. I can name walk-ons yeah. like crazy, but. And what you think about a guy like,
1: I guess, Jamal Mashburn Jr. was one of the only other guys who was, you know, coveted by high major schools. I don't think he was really recruited at all by Kentucky. Um, But, no, if you've not read the story, go to SI. I believe there's not a paywall on that story as long as you haven't read three articles. I think SI has shifted towards that. I I was under the limit for the month. That's the only story I've read uh, in a few weeks uh, from SI. So, if you don't know what we're talking about right now, Obviously, fans listening to this podcast probably know the situation, but I thought Pat did a really good job explaining it. But there were a few talking points I wanted to come from it, Sean, and it's that the, I guess the case – th- I think there's a case to be made, and again, it's preface this by saying he doesn't have a UK offer yet, still only has five offers, but I think all signs at the very least are turned into him being a high major recruit. We could agree on that, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. So uh, I've been on this whole Reed Shepard train for since last year, actually, that he was going to eventually emerge into, I think, one of the top players to come out of the state of Kentucky in, in a long time. I, I, I honestly think that he has that type of potential, Derek.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot of guys who have pushed five-star Right, and so it's the last time a guy was rated very high from Kentucky, D- Darius Miller, and he, he was a pretty high four-star. I'm missing
0: like, – Willis wasn't I – mean, was Scotty, top guy. Scotty Hobson was in that same mold. Um, I don't I remember exactly a year what.
1: He was Miller, if I remember. They might have been the same class, actually. They were either – they were very close, yeah. They were. And yeah. I think Hobson was higher, right? Wasn't Hobson top 20? Oh, yes, yeah, Hobson definitely was. He was a five-star guy, All-American, all out of high school, but – the story that pat wrote though and it really gets to the cuts to kind of the heart of the thing is that you have this kid coming up who as of now maybe he will develop into this but as of now i don't think people are expecting him to be the one and done type player um so how many times in this podcast have we mentioned guys who need to feel like they fit in at kentucky right
0: yeah every, every time we record
1: yeah every time we record this season we talk about next season uh and things may be changing. But I think I think one of the benefits to writing this story now is, is it comes out of time. Obviously, Kentucky's having its worst season. And the way it was framed, which, I, which is fine, I, I think Pat framed it in a way that they're so bad this season because the one-and-done thing is, has just gone wrong for them this year. What I got to thinking about, Sean, I guess I'll go ahead and try to formulate my thoughts on this. In terms of Reed Shepard, if he does get – let's just live in a world right here where he does get a U.K. offer. The way I see the situation playing out, I think there are real reasons that you would think if Cal really put the full court press on him that he would be at U.K. I I think in any scenario, if he was a target – a top target for Cal, they spent a lot of time working on him. I can't imagine, given the area that he grew up in, given his parents were both very well-known basketball players at the school, I can't imagine he would go elsewhere. No. But the feeling I got reading that story, though, man, he's already being used, it feels like, as like a a pawn, I guess you could say, in a bigger narrative, that really? people see him as a guy who could be a who, – who will be different from this one-and-done mold. And I already think that's setting up to be – you already see what's happened with Dante Allen, who was nowhere near had this much hype coming out of high school. Yeah. I mean – don't, obviously, Dante's from the state, but he's from a different part of the state where I, it's just something about the mountains, and I know people are going to argue a lot. I, I totally get, like, where London is. I grew up right next to it. Like for, for the sake of this conversation, it's eastern Kentucky. It's, you know, 13 you have,
0: basketball. You don't have five-star basketball kids just right, right. out of, of eastern Kentucky.
1: You very, know. very few just college players in general. I yeah. mean, especially and at the D1 level, it's very rare. Yeah. Um. But, but with that said, like – I don't know if he will be a slam dunker. I think there are real things that he and his family need to consider before jumping on board at UK, if that makes sense. Because he, like, the attention he is going to get and what is going to be expected and thought of him, and then from Calipari's perspective, I mean, if it, I don't know if I'm what I'm saying is making it, well, sense.
0: Well, it does. It does means. make sense because you're already you're already seeing it with this, right? Like already, yes. The the high school. High school this is the high school sophomore. Eric, that even Pat had this in the story that had it been normal, had it been a normal year, non-COVID, there'd be 2,000-plus people in the stands every time the kid plays okay. right now. Yeah. And the buzz would be insane. And it gets to a point to where you hope that Reed and his family both can enjoy the process of of his recruitment. I mean, I, I do think that major, major offers are coming his way. I think they would – are. you know, I was there – uh, but you, I think more schools would be there now had they been able to evaluate him on a summer circuit going into this season. Because, Derek, he's doing what he's doing right now. He was doing on circuits in Indiana and other places over the summer. I mean, he was going be on everyone.
1: Summer. He's going to get all those offers this summer.
0: He is. And it, it becomes one of those things that how, – how do you view this, though? Like Cal Cal is one of these guys, Derek, we, we all know this, that Cal likes to see people before he offers them mm-hmm. a scholarship. Um, and a lot of times it doesn't come before junior year. I mean, sometimes it does, but is this one of those kids where if Cal decides to get in on it early, like let's say that Cal looks at this and be like, you know what, this kid can play. This kid can come to Kentucky and play. And you, uh, Pat quoted um, a coach in the story that said he's good enough to play at Kentucky. He's good enough to be at Kentucky. If you yeah. have Division One coaches already saying that, I just think that this is one that Cal just needs to jump on early. Don't you think so? Like if, if if it's something he wants to do and it's already in the back of their minds as a staff that they want to, to, to look at at Reed Shepard, why not just go ahead and just say, you know what, here's a scholarship offer. Because I think you know what you're going to get with him.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I, I can see it either way. Like if, if Cal is 100% sure that it's a kid who's going to plan on to help him, absolutely. If Cal has any doubts though, for whatever reason, I, this is not this is not me arguing that he's good enough or not good enough. I, I assume he is, if D1 coaches are saying. So I'm just this is just a, a perspective maybe to consider. With what we've seen with Dante already, I seriously doubt Cal going into his 14th, 15th year at UK wants to take a kid from an area that he knows the kid will be the most popular kid on the team from day one, and risk. It just seems like it could become a messy
0: situation if he's not playing a ton. Uh he better than Dante Allen right now, Derek. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion, he is.
1: Well, I have I mean I'm just saying the way these like there's not actually I say these way these situations have been handled, there's really not going to be a situation like this yet, with this much fanfare that a kid has gotten with the UK ties that his parents have. I, I, I would I would think that it would be smart on Calzan, like you're saying for sure. Like if you think he's good enough, wrap it up, get it done in his junior year whenever let the kid enjoy a senior year and go through that kind of tour. I mean, I, how many times will he be on TV if he commits to a oh senior year and those next two years? I mean, he will be everywhere. The will. tournament can be packed. And if they make it, Rupp Arena will be there. Like it'll be a full house. And I mean, he'll be, I, I don't know. It's going to be a fascinating situation. I'm just saying like, from my perspective, I think,
0: I just think it could be tricky. It can be. Um, it's a situation that you're you're right. Pat wrote this story at like the perfect time to write it. I mean, just given the given the season that Kentucky's had, given the the frustration the fan base has had with one and done fatigue, and you know players going to the NBA, not having in-state talent on the roster.
1: Right.
0: Obviously, what's going on with Dante right now is just uh, is a situation everybody's following. But when you have the when you have the son of a Kentucky basketball – he's a legend, Derek, because I mean, he's a Final Four MVP. There's only been eight of those right? In UK yeah. basketball history. Like, they're, that I mean, he and Stacy was one of the best players to ever play in the women's program. I mean, you know what this kid's cut from. You know what he's made of. You know the family he comes from. I just think that th- when it's – it'll be 14 to 15 years into the program for Perry by the time Reed Shepard enters college – if Reed Shepard is not in a Kentucky jersey, Jarrett, I just think that that's one of those things that Cal. I don't know if Cal will ever be able to get come back from that. I just think that that's something that would kind of just stain the way that fans view the whole thing. Just, I mean, this is this is a kid that's a he's grew up watching Kentucky basketball. That's what I'm saying.
1: If he's prioritized and and he and his family feel like he's a real. You know, a real top target for U.K. That's why I can't imagine if you're another school you would feel good about. Do you think this a- story
0: helps Kentucky in his pursuit at all? Like, do you think that it kind of – it's being written about. You know Cal's obviously been told that this story was written. Somebody's passed it to him. I mean, it's a national story now. I mean, it's it's SI. It's Pat Forty. Uh, someone, you know, if you remember when Pat first – where Cal first came to Kentucky, he wasn't a huge fan of Pat. Uh, probably still isn't a huge fan of Pat, but this story being written as a as a sophomore, do you think that it helps Kentucky? Do you think that it helps maybe Reed get an offer from Kentucky? I mean, obviously there's there's a tension on it now whether Cal was planning to offer him or not. Now everybody's watching.
1: I think I think it was already trending towards Reed getting a UK offer regardless. Like we were just talking about, I think right now for – well, one, like you mentioned, UK doesn't really offer many kids early. I mean, shoot, Trevor Kills is a five-star in this class, and he just got offered like last month. Um, For UK and I think for every other school, like it's just going to take – I think this summer, once they see him this summer on the circuit, they see him play against some other guys that are you know going to be playing high, high major basketball. It, more so when I'd say if, but when he performs well against those guys, I think that's when the offers will come flooding in. Now, if he's getting offered by Louisville, if he's getting offered by Tennessee, Virginia. Uh, I think there were a couple other schools mentioned that Pat, the head coaches, has already talked to their family. Once those schools start offering him, I think you'll see UK join. Yeah. I don't think for an in-state kid who's a UK legacy, I don't think you wait. Until a senior year, because <laughs> no. I don't think Reed, I don't think Reed's gonna be on the market by a senior year. I think he'll be good enough. He'll have a school that he's committed to by then. And uh, I, I don't know. I think it's an interesting question you ask. If it helps him, I, 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 I mean, I certainly know Cal, Kentucky makes the
0: story though. You know what I mean? Like, on
1: a national level, I mean, yeah, like Pat going to North Laurel to talk. Like Reed's not. What I'm agree. trying to say is, like, there are tons of other really good high school basketball players. Like, the whole situation, yes, I, I agree. It's basically revolving around Cal, I would say, to an extent as well. Probably yeah, I mean,
0: Cal was the cover. Cal was the picture on the cover. Like, he was the featured image. And
1: Doesn't this just have that feeling, though, something like, will be talked about a ton when Cal's totally. gone, whenever that may be. Like, this whole situation feels like it could really be volatile. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Or really good. I mean, I think if you wanted to get on the good graces of the fan base, like –
0: I think it helps that Jeff came out a few weeks ago on on Cameron Mills' radio and was talking that there there's no beef and that their relationship is fine and that if we have wants talked to, to, go about, to yeah, yeah, and that that they have talked to him. I, I think that that has helped. Um it, it's one of those kids Derek that Eastern Kentucky, I mean you you obviously you think of Richie farmer when you think of that area. You uh and there's just not been there's not been a lot of kids that get to go play basketball at the University of Kentucky from that part of the state and not only that to get I mean this is a kid that is going to get a ton of hype that could turn into a McDonald's All-American I mean that's that's what you could produce out of London Kentucky is a McDonald's All-American five-star kid that that's the type of hype that I think that Reed's going to have and the the season the stats that he's putting up right now I mean Pat even mentioned that and you know in his piece that you would think that I mean obviously the competition's not insane but then he goes to Lexington and is doing this against those schools and then if they go on to the state tournament and do it on that floor and in that setting then it just it I guess it it adds to the whole just the whole legacy the whole story of what of Reed Shepard and then I mean his dad being a Final Four MVP it just it just feels like this is going to be the biggest story for the next two years. Like it's, it's going to be what everyone's talking about is Reed Shepard. How many times though will Joel Justice or John Calipari walk into North Laurel high school? If things do return to normal, let's say by the fall for a a recruiting period when, when high school basketball season tips off next year. And that's, that's the advantage Kentucky has, right? Is that they could just go an hour down the road, not even an hour and and watch him play in person. Or he's going to be – you know they're going to be playing a lot of games in Lexington over the next couple of yeah. years to just to showcase him.
1: Let me, let me throw an element to this. It's not necessarily about Reed, but just another element to the Kentucky basketball um, recruiting world. Something that's not really being talked about, I'm not sure why. Maybe it's just because it still seems like it's far out, but it's really not, the 2023, 2023 class. UK is basically a lock to get the number one player in that class who was a point guard. Yeah. Whose dad played for Cal Perry, Dewan Wagner. Of course, we're talking about Dewan Wagner uh, Jr. So his dad played for Cal. All, all signs point to the top, the, the very best player in the high school yeah. class going to UK, and no one is talking about it. No. Everyone's talking about Reed. That's true. And, and I just don't, like, I, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I, I'm just, it's, Interesting but, to me that that and that's like the elements we're talking about here in, in the in terms of pressure. but, but Where how, Cal could sign the top kid in this class, but let's say Reed goes somewhere else, what well, what are the emotions going to be from the fan base? And, you know? and
0: and that's the thing. Like I think that you would have a large portion of this fan base, Derek, that would prefer to take Reed Shepard over Wagner. Just give. Let me ask
1: you this: Would that have been the case in 2011?
0: No, it would not have been. No, it wouldn't have been. Yeah. But now. It is, and and who's to say that? You know, here's the other side of this, Derek. How good is Reed Shepherd? How good will Reed Shepherd be? Like, I, do Kentucky fans believe that this is a four-year kid that's going to come into the program, or is this a kid that is Kentucky-grown and just leaves after a year or two and is good enough to go to the league himself?
1: Wouldn't that be the best case scenario? It would be
0: in the program. <laughs> it, it would be, but how crazy is it that you just we just don't know? Like, there's still a lot. Uh, to come out of this, but also from this standpoint too, from this vantage point, Cal obviously has, look, there there's some issues between the fans and Cal. Like it can be the fans, there's fan frustration. Uh, I think Cal has got to a point this year, Derek, where he's got frustrated with the fans regardless of what, of what he says. Uh, this year has been hard on everyone, and you're to a point now, let's say that this whole thing with Dante Allen does not work out. Cal's going to take a lot of heat for that, considering it's a former Mr. Basketball. We don't know. Like, we have no idea what's going to happen with Dante's situation. Like, honestly, I, I could see Dante being at Kentucky next year. If you had me to pick right now, I would say he is. But that I don't think that locks anyone in for long term. I mean, especially given the transfer rule that you can just leave and go play anywhere immediately the following season. But what would it do for repairing some of that damage that has been done with some of the one-and-done fatigue, with some of the – not taking enough Kentucky kids. That if he if he offers Reed, it gives you as a program in Cal some positive PR with the fans, right? Yeah, I
1: think that's the most
0: logical reason as to why you would
1: get on him ASAP. Yeah, because but but again, like like what I'm saying, I, I think it's the kid's just a sophomore. I don't see any problem with doing your due diligence, waiting until the summer. If if that's the hangup in terms of his competition, he's playing now. I don't see anything wrong with waiting a few more months because it sounds like that's what other schools are doing, right? Yeah. I mean, Iowa's the only power of five school that's offered him. Of course, more are going to offer him this summer. So. If he if he blows up and he's – one, I don't know how he's not higher in the rankings already. Maybe more – maybe
0: people just haven't seen him. A lot of people else. didn't I mean, have I'm a cool profile cool. on him. Yeah. So I mean, mean, that's the thing. Like, this is a kid that – I think it <laughs> – I know I know his his former coach that coached him, Brad Sizemore. He's now coaching at Bell County High School, here here in Bell County, and uh, I know Brad pretty well now through through coaching and through uh, following his team and being a local guy. And I talked to Brad about Reed back in the summer, and just the just the praise that this kid gets. Like this kid has obviously everybody for a long time has has known how good Reed Shepard could be, but I think it kind of took me by surprise that Reed Shepard is old enough to even be a prospect. Like it just, I think it threw me because I'm like here, 1998 was the team that was the first team that I followed. You talked to me about the 98 team the other day about how, you know, how much, uh, I can't remember what you said about them, but I think you were, might've been watching some of the games or some of the highlights. Yeah, about I was
1: them. watching the, uh, dude. Uh, yeah. I was showing Abby some
0: but that was the first team that I followed, so I think I finally convinced myself that I'm getting old because here's <laughs> here's Reed Shepard uh, that's a high school prospect. And in a normal year, I would have been up here at Millsboro High School watching him play or right. watching him at Bell County or watching him at Corbin. I'm I'm sure at some point Derek will both be watching him play. Uh, th- it's going to be an interesting story to follow for two years. I think it's going to be a fun story to follow for two years because we're obviously going to get a lot of topics – and a lot of stories. We're going to rot Reed Shepard's name a lot over the next two years.
1: Yeah, and let me add this too. Obviously, Reed's getting a lot of attention now. I mean, obviously now on the national level. Um, but even, even prior to the season, be, being in the shoes that he has been in his whole life, at least at the local level, you know, like his dad, like you said, his dad's like a legend. And, and I'm sure in London, Kentucky, when people see – Know, Jeff out, you know Jeff Shepard out. They they talk about it. You know you know what I mean. Like he's not just an average guy. If you see him, I mean he's performed at the highest level that Kentucky fans really care about at UK, and of course his his wife Stacy did as well. So I mean state or uh, Reed has always like been in these um you know following their footsteps, I guess you could say, and he's always had attention on him. I think so. I would think. So. I, I can, mean and and the way the story was the way the story was framed. I mean he sounds yeah. He sounds like like. Jeff and Stacey have done a good job, and that helps. You know, I, I don't think Jeff – actually, I don't know this for sure. Maybe you know. I, I don't think Jeff was anywhere near as coveted as Reed's going to be. I wouldn't think. I mean, obviously, he got a scholarship to UK. I mean, he was a pretty good recruit back then for Patino to offer him. But I do think having two parents who have played college basketball and who have gone through the recruiting process and have been in the limelight. I mean, I don't know if they've been on those teams when Jeff was from, from whatever year he got to UK through 98 the attention that those guys got, like that's got to help. I think what he experienced and the lessons he took from that and what he's been able to pass to Reed, I think that will, will help him a lot. I I don't see how it couldn't.
0: Yeah. I think that just them being through those same experiences, I I do think that that's going to help Reed throughout this process. I think it's, it also, it gives him two people to talk to Derek, not just one or not having any, he can talk to two people. About the recruiting process, and I, I think that when it comes down to it, Reed will make the decision that's best for him. And if what, that's Kentucky, said, it's Kentucky.
1: Yeah, one thing you said I thought was interesting. Like, what what would fans expect him to be at UK? Do they think this will be a guy who you know, you know, he grew up loving the cats. His parents played there. He's going to start for four years. I mean, like, what what what's Reed's motivation? Is Reed want to get to the NBA? I'm sure he wants to play in the NBA, but like, how quick does he want to do it? How important is it to him to? I don't know. I just could see it being a whole lot of pressure on the kid, and I could see it being a lot of pressure on Cal too. And that's what I'm just saying. I just I truly hope for the kid's sake that he's – if that's a choice he decides to make, that he can handle it. Because, like I said, I honestly believe this as of today. If DeJuan Lagren Jr. commits to the U.K., the one player, and Reed Shepard also commits to the U.K., I think Reed will be a bigger deal. And it's crazy to say, but I just think with where they are right now as a program – that would be the case, and maybe people will listen to this and disagree. That's fine. Just, I guess, growing up in that area, knowing what I know about it, I, I think it would be on a local level. I think it would surpass. Maybe not nationally. I mean, maybe ESPN wouldn't care as much once Dewan Wagner Jr. win or if he does commit to UK. I'm sure nationally it will be a bigger deal. But but in this state, it'll be a much bigger deal.
0: What type of teams come to North Laurel, come to London to play? Do you remember the days? Do you remember when Oak Hill Academy came down there and played South Laurel? Yeah, this is a random
1: thing. Didn't didn't Michael Jordan's kid play in London? At, at I'm London?
0: pretty sure he did, actually. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: think, I, I, don't, I can't remember which kid it was. Um, but I feel like – I mean, that's probably a rumor. I, I think his team actually played there. But, I mean, the rumor was that Michael Jordan was in London. I don't know if that was
0: ever true. And but, if Reed ends up let's – say, let's say Reed ends up being a top 20 kid. I mean, the exposure – you know, that's going to come to London and to North Laurel High School. And, I mean, it's going to be pretty cool to watch. But we'll have to wait and see how this all plays out. I just think that I said it, I tweeted it a month ago. Even I would be disappointed if Reed Shepard's not wearing a Kentucky jersey in a couple of years, just given the the history, the connection to the program. It's insane how much he plays like his dad. Uh, I never watched Stacy play. And I'm sure there are parts of her game that are, in, that are in there as well. Someone who watched Stacey could probably tell us a little more. But I know for a fact that he reminds me of Jeff Shepard. Like He reminds me so much of his dad, the way he moves, uh, the way he jumps, everything just just about him reminds me of the way his dad played.
1: And I'll say this. I mean, I, I haven't seen him play. The, the reporters on my feed and on Twitter who have seen him play, I've yet to see anyone say, you know what? I don't see it with this kid. I don't know why he's so hyped up. Everyone who has watched him play has come away saying, like, man, this kid's, this he, kid's really good.
0: He's <laughs> an AAU teammate of Keon Brooks' brother. They played for the Indy Heat this past summer, and I watched a couple of games um, on their live streams on Twitter, and he, he's the real deal. Like, people that tell me, oh, he's just a sophomore. Why are we talking about him? No, kid can play. He stop. – let's stop the – like, I have a couple people in the comments who are like – now, why are you talking about a high school sophomore that plays at North Laurel? Like, what are you talking about? Like, let's don't discredit the kid because he plays at North Laurel High School. <laughs> he is really good, Derek. Well, think about and, it this
1: way. Like, come fall, whenever he's a junior and they've done the re rank from the summer, like there's a, like you were saying, there's a real chance he's like a top fifty player in that yeah. class and he's not that far away from like there'll be kids, there's priority kids in twenty three that have committed actually. So you'll see a lot of commitments from that class this summer. So it's not like he's crazy far off from from making a choice, I would say. I'm
0: interested in seeing where they have him before they really get to evaluating. Like I want to see how high they put him going into the evaluation. or
1: the recruiting sites? Do what? UK or the recruiting sites?
0: The recruiting sites. I want to see how high they put him in the rankings before they have a normal summer. Like, you know, where will he be and stuff? I, I think that, his i mean his from what I've watched and I've not got to watch since July, and I know he's gotten better since then, but there you can't you can't oversh- overshadow overlook the numbers that he's put up derek i mean there's there's games he's had like seventeen assists. right and North oral scoring ninety plus points per game right now they're the hottest team in the state, and they're gonna be a real threat to win state championship, yeah and, I wanna
1: say this too about- real quick like. Yes, I played baseball in the 13th region. I grew up watching 13th region basketball. I get that the competition is not what you're going to see, you know, in a lot of places. I'll use an example though, of a kid who came to high school after I did from Corbett. His name is Andrew Taylor, who starts at Marshall right now, averages double figures a game. He played similar competition level, obviously the same region. He has done just fine at, at Marshall. He started for two years now. What I'm trying to say is you can put up gaudy numbers like that, and it and it be because you're actually a very good player, and not just because you're playing against
0: not so great talent. Yeah, that's true. That is that is true. Uh, but Reed Shepard will be the name to follow. It'll be a name that I know that we'll have a lot of episodes dedicated to over the the next couple of years. Jeff is someone that I had on uh, the Go Big Blue Country podcast a couple of years ago. I think it was on this I, thing early. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, uh well, I had him on talking to him about uh, Kentucky's Bahamas trip. I just had him coming on. That was when everybody was making the comparison of tower hero to Rex Chapman and to Jeff. Those were the two names that everybody kind of compared hero to early on. But yeah, I've, I've been talking about Reed Shepard for a long time. And I just thought that it's a kid that I knew that if could just get enough in his game this year. And I think that it was kind of, it happened sooner than I thought it would. But when you go score 48 and then you go score 52, then you score 50 and it's a triple double, somebody's going to be talking about you. But then it also helped that the division one offer started rolling in. And it was cool when it was Rick Patino and it was Tubby and Richie Riley and all those connections, obviously Tubby and Patino and Richie Riley being a London guy himself. I thought that that was made sense. But then when the Iowa offer came through, that's when I was like, okay, this thing is about to take off for Reed. And we don't know where it's going to end up, Derek. I mean, we're talking programs like Virginia. You mentioned who does Kansas, all these programs get in the mix. Does Louisville get in it? Does Western Kentucky? Like, uh, this is a recruitment to follow. And uh, Kentucky fans are, I'm going to say, going to pretty strongly hope that this kid's wearing Kentucky blue in a couple of years.
1: Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine there's going to be anybody out there who's against this um, as long as, you know, he. As, long as he's good enough and there's no reason to think that he's not going to be good enough. Um, one other thing we wanted to talk about tonight, unless you have anything else to add to that, Sean. No, I'm, I'm,
0: I think we've covered all that.
1: Um, we'll have to wait until the next episode discussing Reed Shepard, which I'm sure will not be uh, <laughs> too long from now. One other – actually, I'll be real quick with this one because we'll see where it goes. In terms of football recruiting news, I know some people who listen to the podcast uh, enjoy following that. I'm not going to attempt to pronounce this kid's last name because I
0: don't
1: necessarily know how to say it. Um, but the simplest way to say it is Notre Dame football got a quarterback commitment tonight from one of the top guys that they had been after. Why I'm bringing that up, it's because Gavin Wimsett, the uh, four-star quarterback, top 100 kid from Owensboro, Notre Dame is thought to be the top contender uh, with Kentucky for Wimsett. And with Notre Dame making that move um, to, to take another quarterback instead, and it looks like uh, Drew Allar, I believe they say his name, or Aller, uh from ohio who kentucky offered one of the first offers from Liam cohen actually he is trending towards penn state so i bring that up to say that if you're reading the tea leaves it looks like things are trending very well for kentucky with gavin Limpson, which would get uk on the board uh he'd be the highest ranked guy as it stands right now sean i think he'd be like a top five all-time commitment for kentucky so a big deal let me go look that up real quick i'll be able to tell you if that's true or not and then yeah he's going to be a top five all-time guy yeah, and like you said, maybe have that Drew Barker type effect where, let's say a Dane Key, you know, he, he sees that UK's got the quarterback of the future. Maybe he gets a little bit more interested than he already is. It would be a big deal, and I'm, I'm not sure when this is going to happen. I, I, that's just me reading the tea leaves, and I think most people looking at these dominoes falling and saying, you know what, I saw Adam Luckett tonight say that he's the only top 100 quarterback not committed so far. So quarterbacks typically commit early. I got to think that's happening soon. Keep your eye on that. Maybe a, an announcement date will come out at some point. But uh, looking good for Mark Stoops in Kentucky. But last well, thing, Sean, we wanted to talk we'll, about the- And
0: speaking yeah. of Liam Cohen, why don't you – should we tease that we have a, yeah, we a podcast tease. episode coming up with Liam pretty soon?
1: Yeah, so there's a reason we're holding on to that, um, which will be announced pretty soon, maybe even tomorrow, potentially. Um, but, yes, yeah, so we, we had Liam on. When was it, Sean? Monday, yeah, Tuesday?
0: Yeah. Um, Sometime this week. Monday, I believe.
1: That sounds right. We had Liam on. He, he joined us for, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes or so. I thought it was a – personally, I'm not trying to be biased. I really thought it was a great interview. I think it will be an insightful interview for fans when you tune in. Um, unofficially, I don't think they've sent out an official start date. Unofficially, spring ball will be starting in about two weeks. So we'll have that. We're going to have a couple of guests on to preview spring football. Of course, some, of course next week will probably be heavy dominated by um, SEC basketball tournament talk.
0: Yeah, Um, and we we do have some big news coming, and we're we're hoping we can announce it tomorrow. Uh, But if not tomorrow, it's it's coming pretty soon. Yeah, and it's good news. It's good news. It's not bad news. It's really good news.
1: Yeah, the band's not breaking up or anything. Uh, only getting stronger actually. So, uh, last thing tonight won't won't take as long on this. Uh, I just thought it was worth talking about because it's one of the first contract talks post-COVID. Well, I say post-COVID. Of course, we're still. Ongoing, but I think in terms of how, with the likelihood that more people will be in the stadiums and things like that, I think in terms of athletic department talk, I think the worst of the financial impact um, should have happened in 2020. But what I'm trying to make is Nick Mingione, the baseball coach, as it was reported last week, um, signed a new extension. And something that is in that contract that I have not really seen any, and maybe this will become more of a thing um, now in, in the post COVID sense, when I say it that way, is kind of a buyout type deal in there. Because normally with these coaches, I mean, if you fire them, at least how UK typically has written these contracts, you got to pay the full amount. And that's something the that did not have on his first two contracts. Um, if you've not read about that, you can go to com. I wrote about it. But the kind of the nuts and bolts of the deal is basically this contract. He, he did get extended through 2025, but in terms of financial, why it matters, 2024 is really is really the date because in terms of if, – if U.K. did, for whatever reason, terminate that contract without cause, they would be – they would not have to pay the full amount to what, what I would call a – you know, obviously it's a non-revenue sport. I just wanted to bring that up because I think you might see more of that in the future. Uh, could Menjeon's case be because the program had been backsliding a little bit the past few years, but they felt like they had to extend them for recruiting purposes? Maybe. I don't know, but maybe that's something you'll see more of going forward. Personally, they're off to a good start. Um, they've not really played anyone, but at the same time, you, you want to see them win uh, whoever they play against, and they've done that so far. I think there are some interesting young players. Uh, certainly, I said this last time on the radio, I think talent-wise they're not quite as good, probably, probably nowhere near as good, actually, as the 2017 and 2018 teams were. But it's, it's, it's much better, I would say than what it was the last two years. But I got a lot of replies to my tweet last week regarding Minjian's contract. There were a lot of people, uh, saying why in the world do they do this? To be quite frank, I, I think Minjian's come out of this maybe better than any other coach in the country, yeah. uh, in terms of how COVID, because, uh, I know they started winning some more games at the end of last year, but I got to think, uh. The big I gotta think he does not get that contract that he got now. Had that full season been played last year, that's just my opinion. There's no way to know either way, so that's just my opinion
0: though. Yeah, there's there's some big uh, there's some big baseball coming up for Nick Mangione in, okay. in and the Kentucky baseball program. They obviously you want to see some type of improvement. You want to see something that you can kind of hang your hat on moving forward, right?
1: Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I mean.
0: You know, this this is an
1: interesting team because they have kind of those two or three pretty pretty inc- uh, exciting underclassmen. And also a guy that might become a household name with the way he started is, is Ruben Church, someone who was kind of on the radar, but honestly really only got his chance, I would say, this early because a few guys were out with COVID. But he's made the most of it. He's um, hitting the cover off the ball. That's that's a good sign if you can develop a guy like that who's young, who you're going to need in the lineup next year. But there's no question they uh, – baseball is a different kind of sport, man, at UK. Like, as long as you're not just absolutely terrible. Like, Gary Henderson stayed at UK for, I think, eight or nine years and made the tournament once, like, every three or four seasons, basically. They did not make the tournament very much, but they were never just outright awful for most of his tenure. There might have been one or two years where they were pretty bad. But his kind of narrative, and I I covered that program very close when I was in college, it was basically, like, they underachieved. Like, they had the good players. They certainly have recruited at a higher level than what they have under the Mingeon level under Gary Henderson, but they didn't quite develop guys, I guess. They just they just never turned out to be as good as they should have been, I guess is the easiest way to say that. Whereas when Mingeon came in and took over the same players that Henderson had, you saw a huge jump. And if you're looking for any optimism, I would say if, if you can get the kids in here who are pretty good, I mean, I think you, you saw what could happen whenever kids bought in like the way they did that first year under Mingeon. But, yeah, he's in his fifth year now. Um, Last year is basically just a stretch off year. It's like it never happened since they – it was so early in the year. I think they only played 17 games. But, of course, the year before that, you know, they had lost a lot of their really good players. It was rough. So now, yes, to me this year is back to saying, hey, this thing is back on the upswing again. All the backsliding or whatever is gone. So with the team that he has right now, I I I don't really know how it stacks up, I guess I would say. I mean, they were picked to finish last in the SEC. But I think they can finish above that. Um, but I'm not sure if they're going to be a tournament team or not. I would say though, with this new contract he just signed, I can't imagine Mitch is going to pay an $862,000 buyout for the next three years. No. To get rid of him this year, I just, especially with the COVID year, you already have some players who are going to be out or who have been out. I mean, we we'll could potentially have more. I just think it's kind of a free pass for him this year, so. It's good news for him. I mean, there's no question about that. I think it's really good news for Nick Minji on this contract extension that he got. It's through 2025, like I said. Um, but he's off to a good start. I mean, he's cashing in so far. But, again, they've, they've not really played anybody that you would expect them to, to really be challenged by. But that will happen soon enough. But uh, I don't see anything else, Sean, to add to that. I don't know if I have any more to say about it.
0: No. I, I think you've, you've covered all of it. Um... Kentucky and South Carolina basketball will be in action Saturday afternoon. That's a noon tip. I think it's on ESPN, if I'm not mistaken. So Kentucky basketball will conclude the regular season Saturday before entering the SEC tournament. Uh, And they'll definitely play on Thursday of next week. There's no chance of getting uh, the double bye and getting to, to Friday. But at least they're not playing on Wednesday, right?
1: Yeah, are you fired up with a potential uh, noon kick or kickoff seat, <laughs> football?
0: Noon tip off, I think it's
1: the time slot if they're the eight or nine seed, right? On Thursday?
0: Yeah, it would be it would be noon. It'd be noon Eastern, right? Yeah, are you name? going? Are you going down there? I'm not sure. I have no idea.
1: Saturday's the last game I'll be covering this year in person.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll be covering Saturday. I'm not sure on next week. Uh Keely's doing photo Saturday too, so uh woohoo, last game of the year, right? <laughs> but <laughs> No yeah, better than none. That's true. She's excited to to get in there and see everybody and, and get back to work and do some things. Hoping for normal next year, Derek. I think we all are. Uh, like you said, spring football right around the corner. So we'll be uh, picking up and talking a lot about that over the coming weeks. And then uh, Kentucky baseball, softball, as that moves forward as well, we'll be touching on those. But I want to make sure that you make it out to the Butcher's Pub. They have two locations, one in Palmville, Kentucky, one in Williamsburg, Kentucky, and then a third coming to London, Kentucky, later this month. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. Be sure to submit mailbag questions for tomorrow's Mailbag Friday episode. You can send those to me and Derek via DM. You can tweet them at us. You can uh, reply to the tweet that I put up this afternoon. Uh, If you don't know what my Twitter is, it's at GBBCountry. Derek, what's your Twitter account?
1: At Derek S. Terry.
0: So at GBBCountry and at Derek S. Terry. And then, uh, like I said, you can DM us or reply to the tweet or just uh, send a tweet to us. Uh, but just make sure you get questions in. I'm going to say we'll cut the deadline off somewhere around 10, thirty tomorrow morning because that's a pretty big mailbag. But uh, he's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily. Sugar Ray Leonard. Roberto Duran.